The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. I'm late getting this episode out, not because I was busy, even though I have been busy. It's because my gosh darn microphone broke. I didn't realize it, so everything I was recording did not record. And I can't tell you how heartbreaking that is because I had some good stories and then I thought it was the microphone that was broken, so I ordered a new microphone off the internet. By the time I got it and plugged it all in, I realized it wasn't the microphone, it was the cord, so then I had to order a new cord. (laughs) So I've been delayed um, because of equipment malfunction, (laughs) which is Very frustrating. But I do remember some of the stories, so I can retell them to you. And I also have some other clips that I've been wanting to play, some funny airline clips um, from some other shows that I think you'll enjoy. I will tell you, though, in this episode, because some of the clips do have swear words and and adult content, a little racy. So if that is not your cup of tea, you might want to skip this episode. (laughs) But let's just get on with the show. The guy with Tourette's. Oh, you gotta love that. The guy with Tourette's. <laughs> Are we recording now? Yeah. Okay. Here's a guy. We're flying from Atlanta yeah. to DC. Okay. Okay. Uh, famous persons on the flight. Okay. Uh, John Walsh. Uh, oh, yeah. He's on the flight. He's sitting next to a friend of mine. And uh, when we came on the plane, we're all in first class. The flight attendant says, look, everybody be calm and relax. There's a pastor on the plane who's going to be on the plane who has Tourette's. He's, he's known to us, but he has outbursts on takeoff, so everybody, it's no big deal. Well, John Walsh was asleep during this conversation, oh, so he didn't but he didn't hear it. Well, Wait, first tell people who he is, John Walsh. Who he's uh, America's Most Wanted. There you go, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well... Uh, we take off and hit a little turbulence and the guy with Tourette's has an outburst. He goes, shit, goddamn motherfucker, <laughs> real loud and freaked out. And well, that freaked out John Walsh. He's like, what the fuck? You know, so he starts screaming, won't know what's wrong with this guy because he missed the conversation. And the flight attendant came and explained that everything was okay. Always wonder though if those people really because it must be a little bit fun, you know. Having Tourette's, yeah, it must be a little bit fun to say whatever you want, you know. It wouldn't be bad, <laughs> I do anyway, and I don't have Tourette's. <laughs> so now that I'm 
based on the East Coast, I'm flying internationally. And when I'm usually traveling to another country, I, you know, I'm there for a week or nine days, something. So I, I never speak the language, but I try to make an attempt. But now I'm, I'm going to these places for 23 hours and I forget which language I don't know how to speak that I'm trying to speak. You know, it's like a Guten Morgen, Prego, Grazie, Buonasera, Buongiorno. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. But one of the perks of Flying International is that we get crew rest. You can get like an hour and a half or two hours where you get to take a nap. On some airplanes, we just have like a little, just a, like a coach seat, but has a blanket, that, I mean a blanket, a curtain that goes around it. But and then on some other airplanes, we have nice crew rest areas. They can be upstairs or downstairs. And the pilots usually have a nice crew rest area where they basically have a lay flat seat. And uh, which is totally understandable. They deserve, we want them to be able to sleep. Uh, Much more important that they get their rest. So we also have, because you don't want to wake the pilots if you're making a PA about fastening your seatbelt or something. So we have a way on our handsets when we're making a PA where we can make a PA just to the cabin, just to the business class cabin, or just to the crew rest area. And so this flight attendant was telling me when I didn't have my microphone, (laughs) my broken microphone, she was telling me that uh, the, the pilots were going to wake up the other pilot. So they thought they had punched on the handset just so it would go make a PA in the crew rest area. And they said, wakey, wakey, time to get your hand off the snaky, snaky. And what they didn't realize is they had said that over the entire airplane. Wakey, wakey, get your hand off the snaky, snaky. <laughs> that is not what you want to broadcast over the entire airplane. So my favorite podcast is the Adam Carolla Show. You guys might want to check it out. It's really funny. He has great guests. And uh, he right now is trying to get the title of the most downloaded podcast ever. I think the current record belongs to Ricky Gervais. So I'm going to play you a clip of his, an airline rant that I think is really funny. And then maybe you want to check him out at adamcarolla.com. I don't have any connection with him. Um, I wish I did, but (laughs) I don't. I just like the show and think you might too. Sure, mouth moving, and I believe I heard Kathleen, but I tuned out before, uh, yeah, it's, before she said. It's, it's yeah. a rant of a sassy Well, too, let me, so yeah, she told me about this. Well, okay. let me say, let me say this. Couple things. I, I again. So I would encourage. You know, I mean, the airport is one big. No smoking. It's against smart federal regulation. Tampering with, disabling, or destroying. Okay, uh, <laughs> could you please? Could you please do me a favor, Sean, because this is one of the things that drives me absolutely insane. When the person next to you is delivering that fucking never-ending sermon about uh, federal regulations and non-smoking flight, tampering with, disabling, I want you to fucking grab the mic from them and go, tampering, done, (laughs) done, (laughs) done. We don't need fucking disabling. We don't need tampering with the say We sure as fuck don't need destroying. You can say tampering with the smoke detector is against regulations, and you're done. It'll hold up in any fucking court of the land. Whether I use telepathy, laser beam shooting from my scrotum sack, or baseball bat, 
That's tampering with. That's an umbrella. I don't need to fucking disable or destroy. And it's one of these things that drives me insane because it didn't exist. It used to just be one chicken shit airline that did the tampering with, disabling, or destroying. Now they've all adopted it because we're all being fucking gang raped by lawyers. Why do you need to say disabling or destroying? Couldn't you just say tampering with? As far, I, I totally am with you, and you know what I think is really interesting about what you're saying to me right now is that you fly so much that you could do that. I fly with these guys and women, you know, that are, fly yeah, frequently well, I, for work. They can, they can read the whole thing. I don't need, you know? so all right. I know you don't want to hear it again. I want you to get rid of disabling or destroying. Just leave okay. it at tampering with. And at a certain point where they go... Also, it's time to shut off all portable electronics. I would say, go ahead and remove the word portable. No shit. What do you think? I got a fucking big screen TV and a VCR. Hardwired. I got coaxial cable and a fucking huge spool running back to my... What kind of... How far is it to Ohio, Captain? Because I only have 18,000 feet of uh, coax. No shit, it's portable. It's on my fucking lap. Of course it's portable. Yeah, I will remove that part too. We'll get off the ground earlier. And let me tell you my problem. I'll tell you my. I'll, t I'll tell you my my first class flying problem, uh, Sean Kathleen is. I like to kick my shoes off up there in first class. That feels good, you know what I mean? And I have a couple of cocktails, and I put my feet up, and I get my tootsies warm. And then at a certain point, after, you know, eight Bloody Marys, it's time to uh, it's trying to drain the vein there. So I head into the bathroom in my socks now i realize we've been in the air for four hours and people have been attempting to hit the toilet in turbulence for the last four hours with some degree of success but not a lot so now i'm looking at the ground and i am seeing again the difference the kind of a carpet bombing versus a precise precision kind of bomb so now i'm standing in my socks not wanting to wick up someone else's whiz and the closer you stand to the toilet the more whiz you're going to get on your gym socks so i do a move where i put my heels against the door lean forward and drop my forehead that's right you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Drop my forehead against that weird slanted thing. You guys ought to put a pillow there for tall guys who want to piss. And I lean out at a 45-degree angle and hit that toilet dead nuts on. I, I, yeah, I'm very unsuccessful at that move. Yeah, yeah, yeah but you know what I'm talking about with the right with the the 45-degree angle, and and I only go with only go with the socks at the beginning of the flight. Uh-huh. Because yeah. the spatter at the... Sure. Yeah, sure. Oh. But, but Sean, I can't believe that people don't flush the toilet. Plus, it is the most rewarding flush you'll ever get in your life because it fucking sucks your contact lenses out. I mean, it's so <laughs> awesome. Wait, wait, wait. There's, there's a first class? Yeah, you just yeah. thought there was business. Yeah, good luck drinking all this Bloody Marys, but that's going to cost you. That's going to cost you a pretty penny at the end. The interesting thing, too, is um, I, I forgot to mention, and this is rich and poor man as well, the actual identification of the lavatory. They will come to the back, this is especially in the back of the aircraft, and they just stand there and they just look to the left, to the right, look. They're looking at the doors that they entered the yeah. aircraft on. No, it's not that one. Yeah, someone's you know, going to pull a emergency hatch. With, like, the yeah. doorbell, you know, the doorknob, Yeah. Right? And do me like a they, favor. Do me a favor. You know when the pilot's got to take a leak and you guys put the serving cart uh, up there? 
By the way, I don't think uh, any of the guys from Al-Qaeda are freaked out by an aluminum serving cart, but either way, it adds a little you know, peace of mind to the flying public. It's not like there's a bunch of guys sitting there who are planning on taking over the plane, and they went, uh, Najid, no, they, we didn't count on this serving cart. Well, we, we did the whole rope thing and the bars thing. We did the whole Al-Qaeda training camp. We've been training in the hills of Pakistan for nine years, but we didn't count on this three-foot aluminum thing with the cast on it with the with the 45 year old chick leaning against it and talking to her friend no way we're gonna overcome this obstacle and we've climbed under barbed wire we've done the whole nine yards we're not gonna get past the serving car scrub the mission Blackhawk yeah Blackhawk not down. gonna work they have carts <laughs> they have carts this was not part of the training <laughs> put the pin back in the grenade <laughs> yeah so uh, but you put the cart out there i would like that cart between the coach and the first class because every once in a while I see one of these hillbillies coming up to shit up my head, and I'm thinking to myself, hey, yes. buddy, hey, buddy, this ticket, this is three grand in New York. You got it from Shatner for 185 bucks. Get back to your own bucket and shit it up. Douche. I don't need that guy shitting up my first class experience. And not flushing. Thanks for the There's te those television shows that are getting really popular now where you go back and look at your family tree and want to find out who your ancestors were, where your family came from. Well, everybody always wants there to be somebody great in their background, you know, Cleopatra, George Washington. And, you know, everyone can't have a great people in their family tree. It just can't work that way. And I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. My parents are both deceased, dearly departed. And my dad was kind of a colorful guy. He was a big smoker, big drinker, and he would say some crazy things sometimes and I never I basically would take a lot of things with a grain of salt because he would say things like well smoking is good for you and I'd be like here I'm a kid and I'm like dad you smoking's terrible for you what do you mean smoking's good for you and he'd say well most people work in a machine shop or a factory and the air is really polluted and there's that filter in the cigarette so you're actually filtering the air with the cigarette is better for you than breathing the dirty air and here I am just a kid, and I'm still saying, um, no, Dad, most people don't work in a, a factory or a machine shop. You work in a factory <laughs> machine shop, and it still doesn't make smoking good for you. And then he would also say things like, um, well, there's no alcohol in beer. And I'd have to be like, Dad, of course there's alcohol in beer. And he'd say, no, look at this label on this beer bottle. It says it's 5% alcohol. 5% is nothing. So really, there's no alcohol in the beer. So then when my dad decided to tell us about our ancestors because of some of the other things he said, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I should take it uh, seriously. But he said, um, yeah, you know, our, our family came from a long line of British actors. Their last name was Booth. And I was thinking, well, that seems plausible. I'm a ham. I'm dramatic. I could see coming from a long line of actors. Makes sense. And he's like, well, you know, the most famous of them was the John Wilkes Booth. And I was kind of like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> not only are you not finding somebody great in your background, you're finding one of the most despised people in American history, the John Wilkes Booth, the assassin Lincoln. Oh, who wants to deal with that? Who wants to think of assassins in their family tree? Um, so I just sort of decided, well, you know, 
I'm taking this with a grain of salt because he also says that smoking's good for you and there's no alcohol in beer. <laughs> you know, he might not have this right either. Um, but my some of my siblings have looked into it and I think uh, I think it is correct. And then another time he was also bringing up the family history and he said, oh yeah, at one point our family lived in the South and we owned Stone Mountain. And I thought, well, here's a change. There's something good. We own Stone Mountain. It's a famous mountain in uh, Atlanta. Uh tourist attraction. Um, and he said, yeah, well, we, we sold it for a gun. And again, I'm like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> again, well, that sounds like a sound business decision, a mountain for a gun. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh, great, we got assassins and really dumb people in our family tree. So I just decided again, you know, I don't know how seriously I need to take any of that because this is all coming from a guy who says there's no alcohol in beer and that smoking's good for you. Okay, so we were working with a Chinese girl, and we're, you're going to up the cart with the aisle, and what'd you say? Watch your knees and elbows, Chinese driver. The sun is shining bright now. I'm grounded for the day. On the airline, and the lead flight attendant, small airplane, um, the lead flight attendant is a male, yeah. but he's very feminine. Right. Extremely feminine. Swishy. But he was very funny. And uh, funny, haha. -ha. <laughs> uh, but he goes, uh, these two women come on the plane, and they're not that old, but they announce loudly that they're in row 10, first row behind uh, first class, and that they both have irritable bowel syndrome. So no matter if the seatbelt sign is on or not, they're going to have to go. Well, it's a strange thing to get on the plane and tell he people. He announced it to everybody. Announced it to everybody. Out loud. You know. Well, they come on. They sit down. We take off. And the lead flight attendant's like, okay, whatever. You know, whatever you need to do. Well, they go in there right after takeoff. And it's, the doors close, and you just smell. It's just coming out through the doors. Well, he starts gagging, gets up, and he's sitting, and he gets a coffee bag, and he holds it over his face like a face mask, and he's breathing the bag of coffee. Well, he starts making announcements to the people in first class to hold their breath, don't breathe deeply, and he gets up and he boils a pot of coffee. He's got a coffee going. Well, she comes out, and he holds the coffee bag over his face, and he goes, he yells, he looks at all of us, he yells, hot shot. And he throws the coffee in there. And of course, there's a guy who I'm flying with. He's got to go really bad. He's got to, you know, pee really bad. And he's standing there. He's thinking about it. I said, well, how long can you hold your breath? You know, he says, about a minute. And I said, well, you ought to be able to get in and out in a minute. <laughs> so he takes a deep breath. And, and uh, the flight attendant is doing the play-by-play. -play. Oh, he's holding his breath. He takes in a deep one. So he keeps going on and on. Finally, my buddy goes in the bathroom, takes a deep breath. We cut, he's in the bathroom, and the uh, uh, lead flight attendant is timing him. He says, man, it's up. He's going to choke. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's just giving up. And, and he's not being loud. And these people in row 10, they can hear everything he's saying. For those 
of you who've been listening for a long time, you know, I have tried a few things to quote unquote monetize this podcast, and I have been wildly unsuccessful at it. <laughs> Nothing has worked. I've tried a few ads that never worked. Um, I really haven't figured out a way to make money from the podcast, which, you know, would help motivate me to keep doing it. But there is a way that doesn't cost you anything that if you like the show, if you're going to go to Amazon and buy something, you can go to my website first, click on the link for my book. You don't have to buy my book, but from there, go ahead and purchase whatever you're going to purchase. And because you went through my site, I get a little something. It's a way to share the love, a way to support the show. So if you're going to go to Amazon, just think about taking a few seconds and going to my website first and uh, you can support the show. If you hear noise in the background when I'm talking now, it's because my condo is in the marina. And I love that because I have this fantastic view. I can see dolphins from my living room. Who gets to see dolphins from your living room? Fan-freaking-tastic. But there's a price for everything. And... To get to my front door, I, honest to God, have to walk through an outdoor section of a restaurant. People are sitting and eating and drinking, and I can also hear them from my bedroom. <laughs> it's quirky, I know. Not a big shocker that I would end up with a quirky condo, but that's why you can sometimes hear things in the background. It's people at the restaurant outside my condo. The funny part of Having to walk through a restaurant to get to your front door is that here I am in my uniform, in my suitcase, and I have to walk through the tables of people eating and they're just looking at me like, what are you doing? And that part I'm afraid about is, I don't know if you spend any time around restaurants, but the kitchen door, uh, the waiters uh, and waitresses are always in a hurry. So they come in and out of that kitchen door really fast and I have to walk by the kitchen door in my uniform. And I'm so afraid they're going to come out of there and they're going to spill, you know, she crab soup all over me in my uniform. So I literally stop <laughs> by the kitchen door, pause to see if anybody's coming in and out and then scoot on by in my uniform to get to work. Now, this next clip is uh, a listener sent it to me on the internet of George Carlin doing a funny rant about airline security. And again, it is heavily swear word laden, but it is funny. I think it's time we moved right into the complaint department, you know, because, listen, this is just a series of things that are pissing me off, all right? Because I don't have pet peeves, I have major psychotic fucking hatreds, all right? And I'll tell you this, it makes the world a lot easier to sort out. First thing on my list tonight, airport security. Tired of this shit. There's too much of it. There's too much security at the airports. I'm tired of some guy with a double-digit IQ and a triple-digit income rooting around inside of my bag for no reason and never finding anything. <laughs> haven't found anything yet in anybody's bag. I haven't found one bomb in one bag. And don't tell me, well, the terrorists know their bags are going to be searched, so now they're leaving their bombs at home. There are no bombs. The whole thing is fucking pointless. And it's completely without logic. There's no logic at all. They'll take away a gun, but let you keep a knife. Well, what the fuck is that? In fact, there's a whole list of lethal objects they will allow you to take on board. Theoretically, you could take a knife, a nice pick, a hatchet, a straight razor, a pair of scissors, a chainsaw, six knitting needles, and a broken whiskey bottle. And the only thing they're going to say to you is that bag has to fit all the way under the seat in front of you. And if you didn't bring a weapon on board, relax. 
after you've been flying for about an hour, they're going to bring you a knife and fork. <laughs> they actually give you a fucking knife. It's only a table knife, but you could kill a pilot with a table knife. Might take you a couple of minutes, you know. Yeah, especially if he's hefty, huh? Yeah. But you could get the job done if you really wanted to kill the prick. Shit, there's a lot of things you could use to kill a guy with. You could probably beat a guy to death with the Sunday New York Times, couldn't you? Or suppose you just had really big hands. Couldn't you strangle a flight attendant? Shit, you could probably strangle two of them, one with each hand. You know, if you were lucky enough to catch them in that little kitchen area before they break out the fucking peanuts, you know? But you could get the job done if you really cared enough. So why is it they allow a guy with big, powerful hands to get on board an airplane? I'll tell you why. They know he's not a security risk because he's already answered the three big questions. <laughs> Question number one, did you pack your bags yourself? No, Carrot Top packed my bags. He... He and Martha Stewart and Florence Henderson came over to the house last night, fixed me a lovely lobster Newberg, gave me a full body massage with sacred oils from India, performed a four-way around the world, and then they packed my bags. Next question. Have your bags been in your possession the whole time? No. Usually the night before I travel, just as the moon is rising, I place my suitcases out on the street corner and leave them there unattended for several hours. Just for good luck. Next question. Has any unknown person asked you to take anything on board? Hmm. Well, what exactly is an unknown person? Surely everyone is known to someone. In fact, just this morning, Kareem and Youssef Ali Ben-Gaba <laughs> seemed to know each other quite well. They kept joking about which one of my suitcases was the heaviest. And that's another thing they don't like at the airport, jokes. You know? Yeah, you can't joke about a bomb. Well, why is it just jokes? What about a riddle? How about a limerick? How about a bomb anecdote? You know, no punchline, just a really cute story. Or suppose you intended the remark, not as a joke, but as an ironic musing. Are they prepared to make that distinction? Why, I think not. And besides, who's to say what's funny? Airport security is a stupid idea, it's a waste of money, and it's only there for one reason, to make white people feel safe. That's all, the illusion. The feeling and illusion of safety to placate the middle class because the authorities know they can't make an airplane completely safe. Too many people have access. You'll notice the drug smugglers don't seem to have a lot of trouble getting their little packages on board, do they? No, and God bless them too. <laughs> It was, this wasn't my story. It was, it was another flight attendant. You know, you know how a lot of us are flight attendants. We want to hurry up and get off the plane. 
and we're, we're you know it's like oh there's a wheelchair sitting there come on lady let's get in it's an indian lady little old indian lady with her little nice little dress you know her little serapi or whatever that thing is <laughs> and he's like he's like oh come on we got got to catch our flight to go home you know he goes okay come on let's go let's go so he's it, it was a turn so he didn't have a bag he just had his a little shoulder bag so he Plops uh, the old lady in, uh, the old Indian lady in the wheelchair, and he starts to, you know, kind of push her up, you know, because it's kind of a steep climb trying to get out sometimes. And he's just pushing, kind of ru- running, and all of a sudden, the lady's like, her head's doing this, you know, ba- bobbing up and down and backwards and throw. And the agent is looking at him as she's as he's pushing the chair up. And the agent's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, stop, stop. And he's like, what, what? Her, her wrap, her thing was getting stuck in the wheel. And it was choking her. <laughs> so, <laughs> poor lady's like, ah. <laughs> That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I know I had clips from other shows this episode. It was sort of a fill-in because I lost so much material because of uh, my broken microphone. But uh, hopefully next month we'll get back to more flight attendants and pilots and me telling our stories about the airline. So have a great spring month, and I hope you'll join me again next time for another episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. Bye.